Hey, Carolyn. Hi, Eric. I am so excited to begin this podcast with you. Our podcast is called Points of Contact, and I'm Eric Nordstrom, a dance performer and teacher living in Portland, Oregon. I'm here today with Carolyn Stewart. Carolyn is a friend, a mentor, and an inspiration to me and many others. Each month, uh, we'll dive into Carolyn's experience, philosophy, and teachings of contact improvisation. This first episode is fittingly about introductions. An introduction to Carolyn, her decades of research with contact improvisation, and her ability to weave together these experiences with larger life lessons off the dance floor. Contact improvisation as a dance form started in the winter of 1972 at Oberlin College when Steve Paxton held a workshop for college students there. Later that year, a small group of people gathered in New York City for two weeks to research and investigate what does it mean to connect at the point of contact and what are the possibilities that can emerge from that. This two weeks of research in the summer of 1972 ended with a performance. Contact improvisation at that point could have been a brief moment, but since then there has been vast curiosity and countless contributors that have uh, built contact improvisation to something that's practiced around the world and has woven into the lives of many people. Carolyn, there are many ways to describe what contact improvisation is. And perhaps each person who dances contact has the ability to be able to define that for themselves. What is your definition of contact improvisation? I very simply call it an invitation to explore how we can move while in physical contact. I've learned that it's an infinite uh, form, if you want to even call it a form, it's improvisation that emerges as we practice it. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's infinite, the possibilities. How do you think a form that is emergent and shifts in the moment as we're practicing it, how is that important? How does that live in your life? I think it's important because it's a radical um, uh, shift from the man-made structure that we live in, mm -hmm. which has beginnings, middles, ends, whereas nature itself on the planet that we're trapped here on is an emergent unfolding system. Yeah. So I'm excited about, I'm excited to learn to live that way through this dance form. If somebody walked in to a contact improvisation jam for the first time, what do you think they might see or experience? And of course, this depends on the person, but maybe for people that haven't seen contact improvisation before, could you help paint a picture for us? <laughs> I think of my son on the telephone one time. Hi, mom, are you rolling around on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of rolling around on the floor. It's like nothing people have seen before. It's a radical proposal that we're going to come into a room together 
and explore how we can go into physical contact and play with how we can move together Mm -hmm. without any structure per se. So it can be confusing, intimidating, exhilarating. I've noticed over time that that people can be immediately attracted. Oh my God, I've been looking for this my entire life. Where was it? And people that are, oh, it's, yeah, what's going on here? And people that are disgusted and leave. I can also imagine for anyone that visually what we're seeing and what somebody is experiencing can be two totally different things. Totally. And what we're seeing may not always be an insight or representation of somebody's experience. Let's shift to talking about that experience. How long have you been dancing contact improvisation for? I found contact in June of 1984 after some years in modern dance. I loved, I loved modern dance. I loved choreographing. The more I got into the modern scene, the more it wasn't really a fit for me because it, it, I, there had to, it had a competitive edge, which has never worked for me. I dropped in and out of the, da- the dancing world because I desperately wanted to dance, but I wanted something that was a better fit for me. But I went to I went to performances to see what was going on, and there was a particular performance, a choreographer showcase that I went to at a theater here in Portland. About halfway through the show, a contact duet came on the stage, and it was it was like. <laughs> it just stabbed me in my core. Um, I was riveted uh, by what these what I was seeing on this stage as my eight-year-old son was crawling around under the seats, annoying people. I didn't care. I I was just absolutely riveted. Mm. And a, a voice occurred in my head that said, you will do this for the rest of your life no matter how frustrating. And I knew that my, my call for something to guide my way through this life had been answered. I should say that I had been actually praying for something to show up. I remember early as a child, being confused about what was going on around me, wondering, yeah, what was going on or what's missing here? I was very confused. And I didn't know whether I wanted to stay here. So I'd been calling for something to show up and this was, this was it. I mean, this voice in my head said, this is it. Wow. Yeah, in June of 1984. Which was, to this year, 40 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And through the pandemic, when it got cut off, 
I also had a couple of really dramatic personal crises mm-hmm. and did a kind of shifted my attention from dancing to processing emotional stuff. Yeah. And uh, after the pandemic ended, I needed to know if I was still as smitten for the rest of my life, as this voice said. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got back on the horse and uh, put my, my toes in the water again. And now, a, a year, year and a half later, yeah, I'm still on the trail. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is, uh, I'd imagine that there's been uh, a lot of different experiences and understandings and 40 years is a, a long time to be committed to any one thing. I'm curious, what has kept you coming back year after year to keep saying, yes, contact improvisation is a part of my life? I often refer to contact improvisation as the quintessential teacher that radiates so much love while being very strict Mm. and has supported me in understanding my initial question as a child that plagued me of what what is going on here it's helped me understand and lead me to what's going on here in a way that I can be here and it makes sense. And it keeps doing this. It keeps dragging me through ringer after ringer. And most people that have known me wonder why I keep doing this because it's been tough. But I keep doing it because it keeps giving me more and more and more of myself. I could, I could mm-hmm. whittle it down to what, what is the reason for being here? It's to experience myself which I've learned that the culture doesn't necessarily in, has never encouraged me to know myself. Mm-hmm. It encouraged me to learn the rules and obey them so I could survive. Yeah. Um, now, knowing yourself is a massive thing. And I think some people may feel that it may be uh, egocentric or narcissistic to really give attention, a deep dive to yourself. But through our conversations, I know that for you, it's anything but. Could you talk a little bit more about what it means to know yourself? The way I talk about that now is we've arrived to this bubble of the earth plane existence. And to me, it's like a like a big jigsaw puzzle that's inanimate, shifting, morphing jigsaw puzzle of all of these pieces and parts. Each one, the healthier each part is, the healthier the whole is, and the healthier the whole is, the healthier the individuals are. Mm -hmm. So knowing myself is what my gifts, my contributions, are is essential to the health of the whole. I often use nature as my teacher. Like, how does nature work? 
And each element in nature's piece of that puzzle is fully themselves in relationship to everything that they're connected to. And there's a place we belong. Like I say the desert flower doesn't thrive in the tropics. Right. So knowing ourselves and where we belong is a massive contribution to the health of the whole. And if we don't know ourselves, then it's all muddy and murky and... Totally. In our many conversations, something that I've heard you say that was very informative for me was that every, everything, every interaction that we have in this world is understood through our organism. And so that if we are in tune with and understand the knowledge and wisdom of our organism, then, then we, we have the ability to, to more fully process what, what information, relationships, world, life understanding we're getting because it's coming into an informed body. Yeah, and it's become particularly apparent to me that, I mean, kind of recently that, that practicing contact improvisation is a felt experience rather than an intellectual one. And I've done a lot of experimenting and researching the, the work of Timothy Galway in the inner game. Mm -hmm. And through that, I'm becoming convinced that the more I attend to what my body is experiencing, what I'm feeling, the more accurate information I get about my relationship to everything I'm connected to. Yeah. That's massive, right? Yeah, it's so huge. It's beginning to wake me up to how the mind, the mind telling the body what to do is really in a, in, um, ineffective. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a place for words and, and definitely, absolutely. But we're so cluttered with thinking about, figuring out, that we completely, or I, recognize through this practice, yeah, it's taken me a while. There was a point early on where, after my father died, I took a trip to Eastern Oregon by myself, and in the car, I suddenly realized that my attention was always in the past or the future. Mm -hmm. And contact has brought me to this present moment. Yeah. And that's led to uh, this high regard for the intelligence of the body that I didn't even know existed before. Because mm -hmm. I was trying so hard to produce with my mind. Yeah. yeah. Just looking <laughs> at the evolution of uh, different species, animals had a gut long before there was a brain. Mm. And so the intelligence of our gut mm -hmm. is a, a far older intelligence than the intelligence of the brain. And obviously, both of those intelligences are really important for us as people. Yes. Let's have all the intelligence on the table yeah. and honor that old intelligence and the, the information that can reside within that. 
Yeah, it's it's a significant part of my research at this point. Like, what mm -hmm. is the mind, and where does it support the body, and where does it limit and interfere with mm -hmm. the body's intelligence? Yeah, and the mind can time travel, which is amazing, right? Yeah, but the gut—it's just—it's <laughs> just here, it's right? Nice. Yep. We can't feel in our gut what was there yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the body knows now. Yeah, the body knows now. And I'm getting clearer and clearer that that's all we ever get is now. Mm -hmm. And it's become a real relief. I go, no, 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 just now, 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 here, here, here. And it shifts me back into a sweet place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so wild. With this focus on being in a sweet place, what are your hopes for the future of contact improvisation, both for your continued discovery of this dance form and for the dance form itself? I'm so, I'm so happy to be thinking about it and speaking about it. I think I could nutshell it by saying, I've been doing some study of the uh, system that we live in, the cultural, capitalistic, um, patriarchal, if you want to call it that. Some people don't like to call it that, but whatever. Um, uh, and have recognized that the system we're in is an either-or, with right, wrong, good, bad, win, lose. It's a big or system where, and, and it just, it's, what does it do? It ends up in war mm -hmm. and the suffering and pain that we've been, that we're all torn up about. Mm -hmm. My experience on the dance floor with contact improvisation over 40 years has taught me that there actually exists another paradigm that's based on yes and. And I like that. I, it's particularly fun to think of the and includes the or. Mm -hmm. Sometimes or is appropriate. The or does not include the and. So it's been like, it's super exciting to take what the dance is teaching me is possible. How do we use that information, those principles, to apply it to our life off the dance floor to actually experience, to create, co-create and experience mutual well-being. Mm -hmm. It exists. I know it. I've experienced it in the body, in relationship, on the dance floor. Yeah. So that's the thrilling thing that will float my boat on the way out of here. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Carolyn, that feels like a great point to wrap up our conversation. We have a whole year of conversations that are going to be diving into specific topics and areas of interest from Carolyn's experience dancing contact improvisation. We invite you to subscribe or follow to this podcast so that you can stay notified of all the latest episodes as they come out. We're looking to release one episode each month on the last day of the month for all of this year, 2024. 
We look forward to talking with you more, Carolyn. And until then, take care. Thank you so much for this, Eric. You're welcome. Great. Right.